Welcome to the No Right Way, the Messy Road to Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. We will be talking about the fears around body image, control with food, and how to challenge the expectations of diet culture and fat phobia. We're your hosts, Allison Gomez, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Katie Gaston, registered dietitian. Now, before we get started, this podcast is not a replacement for therapy, nor is it meant to be used for mental health, nutritional, medical, or psychiatric treatment. If you are needing assistance, go to www.therapyden.com or inclusivetherapist.com to find a therapist in your area. For nutritional support, visit eatright.org to find a registered dietitian. Hi, welcome back to another episode. Yes. (laughs) This thing that we still have not named. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about um, pleasure and satisfaction when it comes to like our food and our bodies and just like that creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that they all tie in together in such interesting ways. And so I think I have my viewpoint of it from coming from a dietitian's perspective, but I'm super curious, you know, to hear your viewpoint on it coming from like the therapy perspective on it as well. Yeah. It's kind of like looking at these different like disciplines. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what I like about different disciplines because everyone has like their own unique perspective on like why something's happening Mm -hmm. and how they like relate to each other. Um, But I guess like before we like get into that, like maybe, you know, like discussing like what pleasure is and what satisfaction is because I feel like we're very like pleasure averse mm. except we're not because we like instant mm-hmm. gratification but mm-hmm. anything that might feel sens- sensual not necessarily like sexual but sensual mm-hmm. like food can be very like yeah. those senses <laughs> like it like we're very disconnected and it's kind of like almost shameful mm-hmm. dichotomy of like Puritan culture and like, Mm -hmm. gimme, gimme, gimme. Yes, totally. And even as you were talking, the subsets within that of um, how food is very sexualized. Like if you watch some food commercials, it's very sexualized, which is interesting. So there's almost like the opposite end in that way too, where, you know, we don't allow ourselves pleasure and satisfaction, but then there's a lot of linkages of a lot of food commercials that are very sexualized and it's just very interesting um how yeah the two kind of come together i was thinking about carl's jr <laughs> like yes, those exactly. the commercials from like what those the 90s famous, 2000 yeah exactly it was famous and i'm thinking like the magnum um like uh, ice cream bars and things like that yes. like there's very like it's like once you start to see it it's just a very um interesting thing that I we I think we've kind of like normalized the sexuality of food commercials so when I see it I just it stands out to me of just like why did it why (laughs) why is this commercial having this tone and vibe right now yeah but then when we're like eating it it's not it doesn't it does I mean even when there's pleasure there's also a lot of guilt and shame mm-hmm. and so you don't even get to fully enjoy it or if you enjoy yes. it it kind of gets like canceled out by okay well now I'm horrible yeah or engaging in this thing that felt so good yes 
completely, which that's the part that I'm really interested in hearing your viewpoint on it. Cause I'll kind of talk a little bit about the patterns that I see. And it's exactly what you just said. You know, people will have these foods that, and I think there's really like a control element in this. Um, you know, people will have these foods that they just kind of feel like, Oh, I can't control myself around these foods. You know, I'm just going to throw out like ice cream. So it's like, you know, Oh, I can't control myself around ice cream. You know, it's just so good. It tastes so good. You know, like if I have it in the house, like I'm going to eat the entire pint, you know, all of these kinds of feelings around it. And so when they do kind of quote unquote, allow themselves to have it to some degree, you know, or this kind of feeling of loss of control where they kind of give in and all of these ideas are in quotations, you know, like giving in and, you know, allowing and all of these things. And then there is that block. There's that not fully experiencing the food because there's so much shame and guilt that is coming with it. And not wanting, I almost see a lot of the time it's a not wanting to fully experience the pleasure and satisfaction. Cause I think people are afraid of what that means. If they fully, you know, have the pleasure and satisfaction in it, it's almost like they don't trust themselves in, you know, allowing the full degree of it because they're like, what does that mean going forward? You know, am I never going to be able to put this pint of ice cream down? You know, am I never going to be able to control myself around it? It's almost like they think that they need to have this degree of guilt and shame in order to almost, um, control themselves around this food. I'm almost just thinking of like, um, just like kind of like the food police aspect of, you know, where it's like trying to really regulate themselves using that shame and guilt. And exactly what you're saying, that means that they're cutting themselves off from that full degree of pleasure and satisfaction. And I think the part that I'm super curious on your viewpoint is, is like the, um, the ways around that, you know, like we as humans don't fully allow ourselves that pleasure or like what that means, you know, if we do allow ourselves that pleasure and satisfaction and like, you know, when we do fully like allow ourselves to feel it and we feel guilty about that, like, I think that there's so much even within that. You know, it's really interesting because I'm thinking about like over the years, all the people I worked with and like, everybody wants to feel good. Like eventually, mm-hmm. like essentially they're going to therapy because they want to feel good. They're tired of feeling the way that they're feeling. They're tired of feeling sad. They're tired of feeling angry or anxious or whatever. But then when they have these moments of like, oh my gosh, this is really fun. Or this is really exciting. Or this feels really good. It can feel very unsafe. Mm-hmm. There's like this vulnerability to feeling good. And it's also mm-hmm. like this moral thing too like there's something morally wrong with you Mm -hmm. if you let yourself feel good like what does it mean for me to be enjoying ice cream because ice cream Mm -hmm. is associated with being like lazy and Mm -hmm. unhealthy I mean there's Mm -hmm. all these isms that are kind of like associated with it and so it's so much easier to just like villainize yourself for doing it Mm -hmm. because if like god knows like what you're gonna eat a cookie next like Mm -hmm. And you're going to lose all this control and then you're going to be seen for the person that you are, which is this lazy, out of control, horrible Mm -hmm. insert, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to eat the ice cream and I'm going to let myself enjoy it, but I'm also going to guilt myself because we're not going to let this happen again, because that would be really bad. Yes, 
it's almost like if you have the pleasure and satisfaction without the guilt and shame, it's who knows where that will go. Mm -hmm. You know, that'll just spiral out of control, you know, like Mm -hmm. who knows what kind of slippery slope that will lead to. Cause I think what you're saying is true. You know, a lot of people feel like, Oh, well, if it's the ice cream today, like who knows what tomorrow will be, will it just be like cookies and donuts and you know, whatever else is kind of falling into these, you know, forbidden foods. And I think even just all of our, as kind of a side note, just all of our verbiage around, you know, foods and even the way that we're talking about it, where it's like these forbidden foods, like this indulgence, this like loss of control and pleasure and satisfaction, like they're all just so tied together in just such an interesting way. And I think it's, you know, as we're kind of alluding to not just with food, you know, I think it comes up with food in such interesting ways. It's almost like, to me, I see it a lot of, I think that when people don't allow themselves pleasure and satisfaction with foods, it kind of carries over into other parts of their life. You know, that's more for the therapist to be going through with them. But, you know, I definitely do see hints of it there, you know, where it carries through in other areas. Yeah. I mean, even just thinking about like sex, Mm self-pleasure, you know, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of shame in talking about it. And I'm even thinking about like me as a therapist, I know I don't talk about it as much with my clients Mm -hmm. just because it's one of those things that's like awkward. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know how to talk about it, Mm -hmm. but we're also not really trained to talk about it. Like we have like Mm -hmm. this one class on human sexuality and that's supposed Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, you're good. (laughs) But outside of that, you know, when we're doing like assessments, when we're looking at like your, like relationships and whatnot, you know, Mm -hmm. that's not a really a topic that really gets like explored unless the client Mm -hmm. brings it up. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to put this on you because there's Mm -hmm. still this shame, this stigma, this like to like masturbation and Mm -hmm. sex in general, you know, it, we're Mm -hmm. not, there's something bad about feeling pleasure Mm -hmm. (laughs) in general. Completely. And I think that's how the food kind of ties into it because, you know, not only are you like feeding yourself or you're nourishing yourself and like filling yourself with, you know, food, but if you're like, so that's one part, but then it's like, if you're enjoying it, if it's satisfactory, if it's pleasurable, like sometimes that's harder, you know, so you're trying to kind of, I think it really ties back into like this, like Puritan culture. Like this is how I kind of think of it in my head, especially with the whole movement of like clean eating and, you know, like really ultra, I don't even want to call it. I mean, yeah, quote unquote, healthy eating, you know, this like orthorexia where it's almost like to the point of disordered eating where it's like this, you know, as long as I'm eating clean and pure, that is an okay way for me to be feeding myself. But if I'm going into the territory of dirty, bad, pleasurable, satisfactory foods, that is not okay, because that is leading me away from that, you know, purity of rigidity and control. And I don't know, but I don't know what other words, but you know, that kind of idea. Exactly. And, you know, um, like even more, you're, 
like even when we talk about like healthy eating, that's supposed to be the the biggest priority. And when mm-hmm. I say healthy, quote unquote, just yes. assume that when we're saying these kind of words, we're right? putting like finger quotes. I mean, you can't see us, but we're right. doing it. So just assume. Um, but like with healthier, like healthier eating, that's supposed mm-hmm. to be the priority. Whereas and if you happen to be excited about that celery and you know what some people really love some celery is really great like certain dishes mm-hmm. and whatnot mm-hmm. but there's this expectation they're like oh this is what's supposed to be pleasurable which is like something that's bland something that's mm-hmm. whatnot it can be pleasurable mm-hmm. but it's also mm-hmm. not the only place where you can get that pleasure mm-hmm. if you find pleasure in other areas again it goes back to what's wrong with you mm-hmm. why can't you control this why can't you just like knock that part out of you mm-hmm. there's this one song because i'm like super into musical theater except i'm not i mean i am and i'm not i'm into the shows that i'm into um there's this one show um book of Mormon, and one of the songs mm-hmm. is called turn it off and so mm-hmm. and it's hilarious it's essentially a song about if you're feeling bad turn it off mm-hmm you fear that you're dying, you're going to die of cancer, turn it off. You think mm-hmm. you might be gay, turn it off. You know, just mm-hmm. gonna, just flip that switch. You know, there's like a whole tap number. And it's kind of the same thing when it comes mm-hmm. to like wanting to eat like decadent foods. Mm-hmm. And like, no, I can't want that cookie. Let me just turn it off. Except it never really turns off. You're still wanting mm-hmm. it. It's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm just like nodding along because it's just, it's, it's such a hard concept too, for, um, for people to, um, really take that leap of faith into it because it's to me, such a different path forward than has been sold to us time and time and time and time and time again, where, you know, taking away that shame and guilt with eating and truly allowing ourselves the full pleasure and satisfaction actually unlocks us to really feel into what we do like actually like, you know, and I hear a lot from people of like, I would love to just like crave vegetables and like, I would love to, you know, like eat less sweets or whatever it is. And just with my own story, you know, I grew up where (laughs) vegetables were cooked in a very bland, gross way. (laughs) My grandma grew up during, grew up during the great depression. And so she just had a certain way about, you know, cooking vegetables. And so just, I'm thinking of like my own journey with spinach, you know, like growing up, like it was just plain boiled spinach, which I hated, you know, I just like, it just didn't taste good (laughs) or I didn't like it. And, you know, over time it really took that I had to kind of recalibrate my relationship with spinach. Like I love raw spinach, like a raw spinach salad. Like I love it so good. And so it's like, allowing yourself to actually like the things that you like. And that's completely okay. You know, people are like, I want to crave vegetables. And I'm like, then make them taste good. (laughs) You know, like, I think we just have such an idea around like what vegetables has to look like, you know, in terms of like the way that we cook and prepare it and eat it, that we don't really like allow ourselves to think like, how can I make these vegetables like pleasurable and satisfactory? And like, like, I also 
used to hate Brussels sprouts. Now I love them because like we, you know, bake them in the oven and they've got that crunch, you know, and they've got the oil on them and the salt and it's just like so good. And I love that. And so it's like, you know, that little pattern, like that little example, just over and over and over and over and over again of like, that's when you're reclaiming and, you know, recalibrating your relationship with foods is like, you're allowing yourself that choice of like, you know, like, what do I want today? Instead of kind of like, oh, you know, I should have this, this is what I should be eating. I eat it. I'm really unsatisfied and just sad. And just like, it just, it's not tasting great. So then you kind of are like, oh, I need something to like, I'm craving, you know, I can't stop thinking about this cookie, like, okay, like, I'll just give in and just eat it. There's not a whole lot of choice in that. And so I think people don't recognize that they're, you know, really denying themselves that putter and satisfaction across the board. Because we've kind of talked about before, it's like, once you shut one thing down, you kind of shut it all down, (laughs) you know, like, you can't be, um, selective of like what you feel pleasure and satisfaction over, you know, you kind of need to allow yourself all of it. Like hearing me as a therapist, I'm just thinking like, I can just see all the defenses to that, you know, like all the defenses, because like, when we Mm -hmm. say like, this is how I view eating vegetables, it's so narrow, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, okay, well, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do Mm -hmm. that? well, no, I want to be able to eat this raw carrot and just enjoy Mm -hmm. this raw carrot. And I don't Mm -hmm. enjoy this raw carrot. So there's something wrong with me. Yes. And it's like, okay, well, if you had to look deeper, then what does it mean for you to not really enjoy this raw carrot? You know, Mm -hmm. and it feels like, okay, that's such a dumb question, but it's like, no, this is like a super deep thing because Mm -hmm. value is tied to what you eat. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, like, but not really, like it, it really isn't but like we do that to ourselves like our worth and value as a human being Mm -hmm. is tied to what we like and what we dislike yep I mean and you'll even see it in like other in other areas of life like tv shows like oh you like Mm -hmm. that tv show like Mm -hmm. there's something like oh that's really weird (laughs) if you like that really dumb show then again what is wrong with you like guilty pleasures Mm -hmm. like all those things yep there's a right way to enjoy, to have pleasure. Mm-hmm. And there's a wrong way to enjoy pleasure. And if you kind of fall outside of that, that it doesn't even matter how you dress up the veggies because mm-hmm. you're still a horrible piece of shit of a person mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you let yourself enjoy what you're eating and you let yourself enjoy these experiences, that means you have to confront like that I guess like, like the existential crisis of mm-hmm. who am I, to, who am I to be enjoying things, enjoying mm-hmm. and that unknown is terrifying. Yes. Yes. So many ties in. I mean, this is way your way more your realm, but yeah, I'm just, as you're talking, just the little flags of like people pleasing and perfectionism and like, they're just like flagging in my mind because I think that these are just such themes that tie into, you know, our eating and the mental health around it, but you know, we don't eat in a vacuum, you know, like I think that's so much of the patterns that I see coming up, exactly what you're saying, like for the raw carrot example, you know, like someone who's like, I should be eating raw carrots, but I just can't get myself to eat them. That is like a wealth of information. I like some statements like that. I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, I want to hear 
way more about, you know, the areas of like why you should be eating the raw carrot. Like who said that? Like, where did that come from? And then there's usually a story dating back from childhood of some, you know, reason why the raw carrot, you know, needs to be eaten. And like, what does that say about you as a person? If you can eat raw carrots or not eat raw carrots, you know, and like, what is this dream or idea of like who you want to be? And like, you know, what you think that eating that raw carrot will bring to you. Like, it's just so interesting. And it's said time and time again, and I say it all the time. It's like, it's about the food, but it's not about the food. You know, like it's very much about the food, but then there's also so many things around the food. And I think just as a side note, like, I think my work as a dietitian, like all the things around the food is so much more interesting to me than like the actual food. And I think that people come to me and they're pretty nervous, you know, to start working with me, which I understand, you know, dietitians can have kind of a reputation or just, you know, not really fully understanding like what dietitians do. And so a lot of them are really worried that they're going to come to me and we're going to like talk about what foods they're eating. And I'm going to say, okay, you can't eat that anymore. You have to be eating this you know, and even though, you know, I'm putting myself out there as like an intuitive eating dietitian and, you know, an eating disorder dietitian, and I help you heal your relationship with food and body, all of these things, there's still very much this premise that, you know, that's what it's going to kind of look like. But I try to tell people, you know, like, obviously, I know, you know, the nutritional content, like all that stuff. And I went through years of schooling to know all that, but that stuff is kind of boring to me. Like I'm more, way more interested in like why you feel like you have to eat that raw carrot rather than like the nutritional content of the raw carrot versus the spinach versus the Brussels sprouts versus the ice cream, what, like all these things like that to me, I really do think, you know, all foods fit. Like I see foods as neutral, you know, there's no good, no bad. So it's way more interesting to me as to why you think they're good or bad, you know, and how do we kind of work through that? Yeah. It's, I'm just thinking about like how, like the good and the bad is really Mm -hmm. tied into that, that phobia. Mm -hmm. I give into this pleasure and I'm just going to balloon up. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's what, you know, in, um, one of the intuitive eating books, they kind of say it perfectly where food marketing now, I mean, we could go on another food marketing tangent, um, but food marketing these days is really like, will this food heal you or harm you? And you can look at most food marketing and it's going to fall into one of those categories. And one of the quote unquote harming is yeah, usually like waking or whatever. And I think that's, you know, just our healing around that weight stigma and, you know, the, the neutrality of weight gain or weight loss, you know, like I, like in our society, we're very much like, okay, weight gain, bad weight loss, good. Whereas from my dietitian perspective, like not at all, you know, like it's a change in your body. And so I want to know what's kind of going on in your body to create that change, you know, but like, either way, something is happening. And so just kind of getting to the root of it, but never, you know, like either one is good or bad, you know, every circumstance is just different, you know, and your body's changing in a certain way. And so like, you know, that's something that's just changing in your body. Exactly. Like when I, when I'm working with clients, you know, because I tell clients or, or like 
well, maybe I don't tell them all, but like on my website, like in all my spaces, I'm very clear on, I am not going to in, encourage you to have to engage in any of the isms. Mm-hmm. Like my goal is for you to kind of be your most authentic self. And then you get to s- decide how you want to present to yourself to the world, because not all identities mm-hmm. are safe to just be like, Hey, I'm here, mm-hmm. you know, like that could put you at risk of getting hurt, you know? And so like, when somebody works with me, I always challenge like diet culture. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean like I tell them like, you can't work with me if you're on a diet. It, I'm just going to, well, yeah. we're going to explore that when you're talking mm-hmm. about like the joys of weight loss or the sadness that comes with weight gain. It's not mm-hmm. a good or a bad thing. It's just a, mm-hmm. it's a thing, but I'm going to explore that with you because it brings up stuff and that ties into deeper things, which relates usually to whatever the bigger problem is that mm-hmm. brought you into therapy. Um, and I mean, inconsistently it's, you know, that, that phobia. And for some people it's more perceived because they are in thinner bodies. And for others, it really is the experience where people are, you know, butting in on their business or on their business and also getting, you know, discriminated in the medical mm-hmm. offices. So it's really hard to, like, okay, no, here's how you can give yourself permission to experiencing pleasure. Because when mm-hmm. you do that, you get literally chastised by yeah. all these different communities by, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, some obviously not being Mexican, is not a monolith, but you know, like a lot of Mexican households where, you know, you get like the nickname if, if you're in a bigger body and, mm-hmm. you know, the aunts and the parents and the grandparents are all like making comments on the foods that you're eating, like, and so how can you even enjoy it when all these other things in the system are making it hard for you, you to enjoy? Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's, and it's the recognition of that, you know, because I myself live in like a straight size body, you know, so I carry thin privilege and, you know, recognizing that first of all, society is like anti-recovery, you know, <laughs> like it's not, you know, going to society is not going to welcome you into recovery, you know, from an eating disorder, or even, you know, trying to get out of the diet cycle with like open, you know, supportive arms, just to begin with. And then on top of that, you know, different people recovering into different size bodies are going to have completely different experiences of recovery or being recovered, or however we want to talk about that. And so I think it's so important to really recognize that and talk about that. Because, you know, it's helping people in the way that, you know, would be the most supportive to them. And so I really like, you know, how you said kind of your work is to help them, you know, heal so that they can choose which feels the safest to present, you know, because that's going to be, it just kind of reminds me of like toxic positivity that can be popping up with like body acceptance of like, Oh, just love yourself. You know, like, why can't you, you know, you're all beautiful. Like everyone's beautiful. Like just love yourself. Like, well, that's great. It's not to me really bringing in the recognition that not everyone's bodies are going to be treated the same. So it's kind of helping heal and, you know, reconnect with yourself, reconnect with your body, but also, you know, having that sense of safety around that reconnection. It made me think of, uh, I mean, it, it's a clip from, I think, The Little Rascals, but they had it as, like, a sound bit on TikTok, and it's uh-huh. like, are you, ash- like, you're ashamed of me, no, I'm not, 
but I have to hide you or whatever. Okay. Clearly yeah. I, it, it's been a while and it's <laughs> for both that sound on TikTok and for the movie. Um, and I've seen it on a lot of like anti-diet ones and, you know, mm-hmm. and individuals who are in bigger bodies and, you know, they're trying mm-hmm. to hide their, like their bellies and their pants. And like, mm-hmm. like, I swear, I'm not ashamed of you. It's just like uh, these society, you know, and it, there's a lot of nuance to like, body positivity it's kind of like unconditional love like you can unconditionally love yourself and still have a very complicated relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. you can unconditionally love somebody else and also still like "Mm, there's things that you need to work on unconditional love Mm -hmm. does not mean everything is perfect and Mm -hmm. there's nothing that you have to do for yourself or or whatever and there's going to be times even when you love yourself you're going to have a harder time with your body just because mm-hmm. of society. And even if you're actively in the anti-diet world and actively challenging all these things, you still fall prey to that because this the environment's all diet culture. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I mean, because I know you, you know, talk about like your own experiences, like on mm-hmm. your own recovery journey. Um, and like for like me, I also had a history of like disordered eating and, you know, it's very mm-hmm. complicated and I'm very committed to like, no, I don't want to be like that anymore. But even when I'm getting super stressed out, it's so easy for my brain to like, well, mm-hmm. you know, and, but that doesn't mean that I don't love my body. It just means like, it's really hard to fight these things when that's what the literal message is all the time. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And I get this question sometimes of, you know, what is recovery and like, what does recovery look like? And, you know, recovery versus like recovered and like, is recovery possible? Like all these kinds of like questions. And I think that kind of goes into it where my viewpoint on, you know, eating disorder, disordered eating, whatever it is, you know, that's like your coping, like, And so when you said like in times of stress, like that's when the thoughts pop up, I'm like, yep, exactly. You know, because same with me, I've been recovered, however we want to look at it for years. And still like, I know under times of like great stress or when I'm feeling out of control of things, like that is my brain going towards like, but there's something we could control. Like, you know, there's something that we could do. And I'm like, no, like we're not, we're not going there. We're not doing that because, you know, now I know, like now, you know, I've recovered for so long now that it's not that I never think that those thoughts are going to pop up because it makes sense why they're popping up. But it's just that I recognize when they're popping up and it's more of a flag of like, Ooh, I'm real stressed right now. Like, okay, I need to like slow down. I need to back up. I need to reground myself because like, if this is popping up right now, that means that I feel, you know, unstable in my life. And somehow, you know, like, how do I kind of gain that back? And around, you know, like body acceptance and all of that, I also view, um, you know, my work with people as kind of like a relationship counselor between them and their bodies. And so I tell them that as well, where I'm like, every relationship is going to have ups and downs. You're going to have tough days. Like no relationship is ever perfect. You know, like I even bring in, like, if they have like a pet, you know, I'm like, you know, your cat, like you love your cat, like you love your cat unconditionally, but are there days where your cat drives you, you know, up the wall and (laughs) like does something that you don't like, or, you know, like you get frustrated, like, of course, like, because, you know, your cat's an imperfect being too. And it's the same with your body, you know, like, 
you can have the utmost, you know, like respect and acceptance of your body, but like, there's going to be tough days where you're just like, Oh, I'm just not feeling myself today. (laughs) You know, or like, I'm just not in it. Or I just, I feel not great today. And like, it's just kind of viewing those thoughts to me as just neutral, just like, I'm just having a bad body image day. And that's just what today looks like. And that's okay. That's doesn't mean that you're, you know, not, you know, like, no longer in like the body acceptance space. Like it doesn't mean that you're, you know, falling off the bandwagon, all these things, because just like you said, you know, like weight loss is still, you know, the road to having the perfect life. And so, you know, it's sold to us every minute of every day and in every which way from every angle. And so of course, you know, on some days it's just going to be you're going to be tired and you're going to be like, I just can't deal with this today. You know, what thought popped in my head was, you know, it, when it comes to like recovery and comes to like being able to let in those feel good experiences, it's very like, it's not controlled. This is how it's supposed Mm. to look. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to enjoy this thing, this is how it needs to look. And now that Mm -hmm. is deviating from that, that is stressing me out. Mm -hmm. We're not doing this right. (laughs) You know, that type A. Yeah, (laughs) completely. Which makes it really difficult. And I've been thinking about this with like, and this is like non-food related. So I'm trying to get more in touch with like my own creativity. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to I used to write song lyrics. No, never music. My brain just like, I'm like Homer. Like there's this episode <laughs> in the Simpsons and he's like, oh, improv, that's not hard. And he's like, do, 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 do. Lisa's like, dad, that's tinkle, tinkle, little start. Well, okay. My brain's like that. So, <laughs> which is totally fine. I accept it. What else? Um, so I'm trying to like think of okay, what are these really cool, fun things? Because I like when I'm singing and like, I'm singing a song that like totally like aligns with me and like my mood and everything. It's like, it's great. Mm-hmm. I feel like Tony the Tiger. It, it's like freaking awesome. But when I'm trying to like create, I get so in my head. It's like, okay, how do I create right? How do yes. I do it correctly? How do I do mm-hmm. this? And it's like, well, usually when I just let myself go and do stuff, it feels good. But I'm so mm-hmm. like, I can be so controlling in how I do that. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should just like scribble for like 10 yeah. minutes before doing something just like, okay, let's get this out of my system of wanting to have like some kind of control over this because clearly this is not my, I have friends who, who were able to write like for papers in college, their first draft was their last draft. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it. I, I yeah, I'm not like, that person. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not that person. I want to be, but I'm not. <laughs> right? Like, then you don't have to, like, edit as much. Like, what? But, like, <laughs> I, but I'm not. And I accept that. And so I just need to let all the crap out. But I feel like that applies to so many things for so many people. Like, here mm-hmm. I am. I'm going to let myself eat this ice cream because it's actually really delicious because mm-hmm. I like ice cream or not eat the ice cream because, you know, you don't like ice cream or you're lactose intolerant and it's just not worth the yeah, angry yeah. digestive system. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm going to eat this thing that's deemed sinful, mm-hmm. but how do I do it right? And how do I do this? And then it just takes away from the whole experience instead of just like, oh, hey, that was really good. Now I can move on. With mm-hmm. my life. Completely. I'm so glad you brought in the creativity piece because I was just that's where my mind was going. Cause that's very much where I'm at right now, where, you know, 
I'm following on this creative recovery journey right now because I have been creative. I mean, I think we've said this before. I think everyone's creative just in their own different way. But, you know, I all growing up, like have always been very drawn towards art, like very much loved to create things and do all types of different art and all different types of modalities. And I really don't allow myself. And I say allow because I know I'm capable. I know I have the time. I have all the supplies. Like I have everything. I don't allow myself to create on a regular basis because of all that you just said, you know, it's like, it feels indulgent. And I think like, I enjoy it too much. So, you know, where will the time go? You know, like, oh, I'm just going to spend four hours painting. Like I could never allow myself. And so I really love, you know, recently I've been bringing this creativity into my practice with, you know, intuitive eating and eating disorder recovery, because it's so linked together. And I really like to think of it as like creative recovery is, you know, recovery from hustle culture, because it's like, yeah, it's that. what does that mean to be productive? What does that mean to be perfect? What does that mean to allow yourself, you know, indulgence and satisfaction and pleasure without knowing what it will look like? You know, there's so much imperfection in, you know, creativity and even, you know, eating the ice cream imperfectly, you know, like, what if it's not the perfect ice cream or like, you've deemed it to be perfectly okay to eat, you know, like, what if you're just trying out a new flavor and you don't know if you're going to like it or not, you know, there's so much, uh, just exploration and curiosity when we recover these parts back to ourselves and, yeah, in full honesty, like I'm really in that right now with my own creativity and allowing myself to do what I truly love, which is just like sitting down and painting. Like I just absolutely love it. And I I rarely allow myself to do it. And so, yeah, working through that creative recovery. That sounds amazing. I love, okay, no, that's not true. I like, I like what I have. I am, me and watercolors have a relationship, <laughs> but I, I get kind of lazy and I'm saying this in a non-judgmental way. I embrace mm-hmm. my laziness. If it involves too much effort, I'm not going to do it. I tell all mm-hmm. my clients that, but not in a mean judgmental way. I reclaimed mm-hmm. it there. Um, <laughs> then I have to wash my brushes. <laughs> I'm just too, like, oh, yeah. like I love cake. De- I used to love cake decorating, mm-hmm. but then I have to clean up. It's like, mm-hmm. can I just have someone else do this for me? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, what I'm trying to be, uh, what I'm trying to work on is like my writing mm-hmm. and I'm trying in my local town, we have like one act festivals once a year. And so next year uh, I want to submit something. And so it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, how do I let myself connect with the storyline that really like sets my soul on fire? Yes. And I think like for other people who are trying to connect with themselves, there's like, when you feel that internal fire and excitement Mm -hmm. and hope that -hmm. can also be a very terrifying place to be too because it's like oh crap I'm excited now how am I going to get disappointed disappointed now how am I going to mess everything up now when's the other shoe going to drop when's this going to drop like there's almost like this expectation that even when you're hopeful you have to do it right so why bother yep (laughs) Yep. The perfectionism of it, you know, I, like you were just saying 
I so related to like, if I sit down to paint something, it has to be perfect the first time. I'm like, I just think of myself as like a one shot, like that's it. And so I've been really trying to embrace the learning of art and creativity, you know, the building up of it, you know, the building your skills. And just like you said, you didn't say vulnerability, but all that you just said to me screamed vulnerability. Like it's so uncomfortable to be that vulnerable to like put that part of you out into the world of like this set my soul on fire you know it's my little like I don't know it's a piece of me and you're kind of like putting it out there and it's really scary you know even if to me it's like even if I'm creating paintings that like I know that no one else will see it still is like putting it out into being a physical thing and that's just even scary for me sometimes I feel like that can be its own, like a whole separate thing on what it's like to be vulnerable with yourself because people Mm -hmm. just do not want to do that. Yeah. You want me to get in touch with my own feelings and not Mm -hmm. like just shove them down. Um, But it's really hard. It's really hard to be in that place. But I know we are going to start wrapping up before we wrap up. Maybe we can give like some. I guess like tips on if you're trying to learn to let in some of that pleasure yeah. What, what can you do to like tolerate it so you can maybe build up that like yay? That yeah. Was Anyways, yes. <laughs> no, I think that's such a good question because I think I'm kind of thinking like throughout this we're talking a lot about like what it's like to be in the weeds of it. So maybe to give a little bit of hope of like what it looks like, you know, because like I was saying earlier, I think it's like a leap of faith of like when you allow yourself that pleasure and satisfaction, it feels like it'll kind of spiral out of control. But really what it brings to you is a lot of choice of like what you want. And so I think it's a lot of asking yourself that question of like, what do you like? Like, you know, or like asking yourself, like, what do I like? You know, what, you know, did I like the taste of this thing that I think that I have no control over? You know, like, do I like this ice cream? Like, does it taste good? What the texture is? Like, what does it smell like? You know, really like engaging with it can be incredibly uncomfortable. But when you're not blocking yourself off from it, you can really fully experience it and then be asking, like, do I like it? Do I not like it? Like, is this my favorite ice cream flavor? Is it not like you're learning so much about yourself. And so I don't know if that's really like a tip or, you know, a tip on how to do this, but, um, I think it's really taking something that feels like you have an emotional charge to, you know, like there's something that there's like those foods that, you know, are a little bit more challenging in like allowing yourself to have and find a food that feels only slightly challenging, you know, like don't go, you know, shooting for 10 of like, this is my ultra, you know, like challenging food, but go for something that feels like a little bit challenging and kind of just go through like a mindfulness of it, of like allowing yourself to have it with no conditions, you know, and really like experiencing it and really, you know, asking yourself questions about like, what is it? What are the colors? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like in my mouth? What is the texture like in my mouth? You know, like, did I feel satisfied afterwards? Like all of these, I mean, there's a hundred questions you could ask, but really like engage with it and see how that feels. And I'm imagining it's probably going to be pretty uncomfortable, but 
you know, that's where we kind of can really start to unblock ourselves from, you know, feeling this pleasure and satisfaction. And I think it's, it's an ongoing journey. It's definitely not, you know, as easy as like, oh, I'm going to allow myself, you know, to all these things. And then it'll just magically, you know, become neutral and, you know, everything will be great, but it's, it's a journey one step at a time. I love that. I love like just that practicing of tolerating, being mindful with, with that experience. So Mm -hmm. you can build up that tolerance for like, oh, this is really like, this does feel good. Now I can really Mm -hmm. enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I would suggest for our listeners is if you're learning how to embrace like pleasure, if there's a fear, if there's any other emotions around that, like fear or anger or disgust or whatever, Mm -hmm. I, I recommend you letting yourself get curious about what that actually means. Where's mm-hmm. that coming from? If there, is there a certain message? Mm-hmm. Where did you hear that? Yeah. And really kind of like challenging it, but compassionately, like there's nothing wrong with you. If you, those feelings are coming up when you're thinking about pleasurable experiences, whether that's with food or sex or creativity or whatever, mm-hmm. um, there's nothing wrong with you with that. It's just different. Mm-hmm. So let yourself be curious and validate that discomfort. It makes sense why you would be uncomfortable because this is something different. This is something new. We don't like new. We like to stick with the status quo, even if it makes us feel stuck. So Mm -hmm. if you are able to give yourself that compassion, it can be easier to move through it instead of fighting it. And even Mm -hmm. if you are fighting it a little bit, there's a reason. So have some compassion for that too. Just lots and lots of compassion. Mm-hmm. And if you're only able to tolerate like a little bit, then that's okay. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's not an all or nothing. Exactly. Never all or nothing. <laughs> Never all or nothing. There's so much gray. Yeah. I love that. No, it's so true. So much compassion and compassion and curiosity are like my two favorite things to kind of really explore. I feel like maybe that needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but just lots of ink blots and messy artwork and say compassion and curiosity <laughs> yeah. well thank Love you it. guys so much for joining us today and until next time yeah thank you so much if you have enjoyed today's podcast please make sure to leave us a review If you would like to know more about us, go to katiegaston.com or healingwithgroup.com.